Hey guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. Come on, wasn't that cute? Thank you, dads, for feeding your children. We appreciate you, Sarah, very much. Said so we all love dad because he cooks us good food. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and take this mask off so I can see all y'all a little bit better. But so good to have you here with us today, this morning. Oh, wow, we got... Man, I feel, I feel like I might jump off the stage here in just a minute. Hey, listen, did anybody ever have bunk beds when they were growing up? Did any of y'all ever, did anybody ever put a, a blanket or tie it around their neck and pretend like you could jump off the bunk beds and fly? Hey, I'm good. Hey, listen, you guys are still here. Uh, you must be superheroes, so you're still here. But I used to do that when I was a kid. But uh, so glad to have you here this morning. We want to thank all of you dads, uh, all you grandpas, all your poppies, all you all of the stepdads, father figures, you know, we get a figure after a little while, but just want to thank you all for being here this morning and the role that you call that you play in your kids' lives. And listen up. This is not just dad's day. If you're going to be a dad, you need to listen today because you could listen, Linda, you could learn something. Right? Y'all don't know everything. You're about to be changing diapers and you don't even know how to do that. And my son says he ain't changing diapers. I says, "Oh, you will change diapers. I promise you, you will do that." But uh, listen up today because you could learn something. There's going to be some good nuggets up here. Uh, there will be a lot of good things, good stories uh, uh, from all these guys that are up here. We're just so glad to have them. But um, how, what would Father's Day be without some dad jokes? Listen, how do you measure a millennial or a Gen Z? In Instagrams. That was a good one. I got another one, and this happened to me. I thought the dryer was shrinking my clothes, but it turned out to be the refrigerator. I went to put some shorts on about a couple months ago, two brand new pairs I got, and somehow over that uh, winter, they shrunk up on me. So uh, it was not my fault at all, but uh, just had to throw a few dad jokes in there, but... You know, we've all pretended as kids to be uh, superheroes, right? Everybody wanted to be bat. How many remember the old Batmans? They're crawling, they're going up the side of the building. Some of you young people are like, no, Batman, now he drives that car. And he goes, no, no, no. The original one, he climbed up the side of a building, and you could tell it was very fake. And Superman had strings hanging off of him, and you could see him flying. And the, Oh, y'all looking at me like, I don't even know what he's talking about. But we all pretended to be some kind of superhero, didn't we? But let's be real. Everybody wants to be looked on. They want to deep down. You want to be a hero. You want to be admired. Uh, you want to be looked up to. But the chance of you running around with a cape and tights on, I really tried to find some tights. My wife was very vehemently against that. <laughs> thank you all for y'all, y'all, y'all. Thank you all. It would not have been a pretty sight anyway. But uh, Doug wanted some and, and, uh, he wears his tights at home. He doesn't do it. <laughs> but, you know, let's be real. The, the, the idea of us doing that probably is slim to none. But I do 
wanna tell you, that's not what a true hero looks like. That's not what a true hero is. A true hero is something very different. He is that person that bees a he bees, that becomes a hero in his own home. You know, sometimes we have we, we try to do everything we want to be admired and looked on and everything else, but we kind of forget sometimes that we have to do this in our own homes. But Mark Batterson said this. He said, I want to be famous in my own house. A true hero seeks to be famous. A true hero seeks to be a hero in his home first with the people that he loves first. It starts with making daily decisions to be who God's called you to be, who your family's called you to be, who your kids have called you to be. You have to make those decisions each and every day. And sometimes they're not, they're not easy decisions. Anybody, is it easy being a grandfather or a father? Or No, it's not. But it's not your accomplishments. It's not your career choices. It's not even the time you spend away from home that's going to dictate who you are and what you are to your family. It's going to be those consistent actions that you do every day. Those consistent behaviors that you do, that you show your kids every day. How many know that your kids are going to do what you do? That's good and that's bad sometimes, right? Sometimes you got to watch what comes out of your mouth because Junior, he just can't wait to say that, that word you probably shouldn't. Well, nobody cusses in here, but anyway. I say one every once in a while when she makes me mad. No, kidding. I'm just kidding. But... You can become heroic in your own home. You can be, uh, become heroic with your wife. And here's how you do that. You put them first. You can have the best career. You can do everything. But if you lose sight of what's at home, you're going to lose sight of a lot of things else in your life. You know, you got to treat them well, and you also have to be a model. And what does it say in Proverbs 22, 6? It says this. It says, train up your child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from that. There's training that you start when they're one, two, three, four years old that you may not see till they're 25 or 30. Come on, some of y'all right now, you've trained them right and they're out acting a fool right now, but come on. You train them right somewhere, the Holy Ghost can go get them anywhere they're at. I'm telling you that, which right now. So keep training them right and keep believing for those prodigals to come home and because and, and, they're coming home. You know what? What we've got here, the Bible says that your wife... You, you, I missed one here. Hold on just a minute. Oh, no, no, no. Ephesians, let's read Ephesians 5.25. says, for husbands, this means you love your wife just as Christ loved the church. And he gave up his life for her. I cannot tell you in the first five or six years of our marriage how many that ver time that verse has got quoted to me from her. <laughs> You're supposed to love me like Christ loved the church. And I would say, I ain't Jesus. I was being honest, I wasn't Jesus, but uh, we're supposed to love our wives because it all starts with loving our spouse first, and then it trickles down from there. I missed that one, honey. Um, what we have up here on stage, I'm gonna sit down for a minute, right next to Doug, the superhero. But what we have here on stage this morning is we have not a bunch of perfect guys sitting up here. So I know y'all, y'all's wives are probably, or, uh, Going, uh, he ain't no perfect guy, I'm for sure. But they're not perfect. They have flaws. You know, they've made mistakes. And uh, I think the only way you don't learn is you, don't, you never make a mistake, right? So we got some guys up here, but they're not perfect husbands, dads, stepdads, or grandfathers. But they're here today to kind of tell you their story just a little bit and tell you what God's doing. We have, we've had some good questions that we're going to answer them this morning. But 
Um, I want you all to introduce yourself. To start here, introduce yourself and your kids, grandkids, foster kids, kids down the street. Go ahead. Um, my name's Doug Woosley. Um, married to uh, Jennifer, and I have uh, five kids total, uh, three that are uh, biological, as far as uh, Jake, uh, Becca, and Sarah. But then we also have two uh, adoptive kids as well, um, which is, they're, they're actually our niece and nephew, um, Alex and Addie. And I probably said that kind of backwards as far as niece and nephew in the mention. But so, yeah. My name's Eddie Smith. I have four grandkids that are living with me now. They came to move in with me about three and a half years ago. Uh, Zachary's 14. Let's see if I can get them right. Joshua is nine. Uh, Charity is six. And Lucas is five. Yeah. So, yeah, they came to move in with me um, about three and a half years ago, along with their parents. And... Uh, it's been an experience, let's put it that way. <laughs> We're gonna let you tell your experience here in just a little while. Uh, my name is Eric, uh, married to Brandy. Uh, we have three kids, one is Austin, he's our oldest, he's my only son, but um, we have Isaiah and Jasmine who, I mean, they might as well be mine. Um, and they are 14, 13, and, oh, 14, yeah, 14, 13, and nine. And <laughs> it is a battle every single day. <laughs> uh, my name is Isaiah Brock. Uh, I've got the little kids. We've got a 14-month-old named Ezra and a two-and-a-half-year-old named Ivy. Uh, she's the little redhead running around here. looks just like her mama. And Ezra, he is the blondie boy. So I don't know where that came from, but... So we got the little toddlers at home. Try that microphone again, sir. Green mic. Green mic. Anyway, go ahead and pass it on. Got you, Chuck. Hey, hey, I thought he was going to beatbox there for a minute. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Tell a funny story. Eric, we'll start with you. Uh, Tell a funny story about being a dad or being a stepdad. Come on, I know you got a good one. So for some reason... And I probably need to just start wearing the cape around my house. My, my family, family, including my wife, decide that they want to try to pick on me and beat me up when I'm cooking or doing dishes. And they, I will be in the middle, hands soaking wet, soap all over me, and all of a sudden, here comes one of them, and it's either a poke in the back, and I turn around, and the other one's there. Um, I could be in the middle of cooking, and somebody will move the spatula, and I'm looking for this, and I'm burning stuff, and everybody's laughing. Um, but it's, I, I honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I really, that I, as much, <laughs> as much burnt food as they eat because of it, <laughs> I would never have it any other way. So. Shoot a little soap in their eyes, too. That might stop it. <laughs> Doug, share a funny story. Um... Not to embarrass him, but uh, so it, it's in, in bringing in um, foster kids or bringing in uh, kids from outside your home, um, you learn of a different world. <laughs> and, and so one time, um, shortly after the, the kids had um, come into our house, 
Uh, I go out and rent a wood chipper just about every year. I've got enough trees to branches, things I got to trim back. So I go out and rent that. And on the on the way home, I've got I've got Alex with me, and he starts. You can just start seeing his mind going, and then he's, well, what if you don't take it back? <laughs> I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean? It's not mine, right? I'm I'm renting this. I'm borrowing it. And you're trying to explain as far as like this is a contract. They've got my address. They've got my credit card. <laughs> Well, if they, if they come, you, you, you can just tell them you don't know where it's at. I'm like, they, they're still going to charge me for this, this wood chipper. But that's, that was the mindset of, of where he had been um, and how he was being trained at, 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 up to that point. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was it, it's just been funny. There's a lot of little stories like that. that it's, it's a world that I was not aware of until we brought them on. Pastor Isaiah? Yeah, so... So, March 25th, 2022, we only had one kid at the, at the time, soon to be expecting. Um, middle of March Madness, we were watching St. Peter's play Purdue in the Sweet 16. Uh, about halfway through the game, Emily starts feeling some contractions, so uh, she's, she said she's going to go lay down for a little bit, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to stay here and watch the rest of this game. Um, not during March Madness. <laughs> you cannot do this any, to me. Any month but March. Um, so, watch the rest of the game. Uh, going to check on her, and she's laying down, and things are progressing pretty quick. Next thing I know, within a couple minutes, we're trying to make our way out to the car. Uh, she has to stop and lean on me during contractions, even just getting down the steps into our vehicle. Um, we get in the car, I fly over. So my wife gave birth naturally to both of our kids. Uh, and so we gave birth at this birth center. Yeah, yeah, she's incredible, really. Um, so we, uh, she gave birth at this birth center. And we, it's, it's over in Jeffersonville, we live in Indiana. Um, so we get there, pull up, I run her in. Um, they have a bed ready there waiting for her. She uh, gets up on the bed and my next thought is, okay, I'm gonna run out park the car real quick, grab our bags, run inside. There's a bathroom right inside the door. Going to go to the bathroom, and then we'll be ready to go. So park the car, grab the bags, head into the bathroom. It's a pretty small building, maybe a couple houses length. Um, head into the bathroom, um, keeping it PG, uh, mid-bathroom, nurse knocks on the door and says, her water just broke and she's crowning, so you need to get out here right now. So... Cut it off, <laughs> ran out, got into the room. Um, her mom and her sister had just shown up literally three minutes later. Ezra shows up uh, about 10.30 at night. So it was approximately, if you include even all of the labor at home, 45-minute delivery. So that was pretty spectacular. Did you get to watch the end of the game? Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> he, he was like, Emily, yeah. hold on a minute. Stop. <laughs> Time out. Go. All right, Eddie, it's your turn. Yeah, as a granddad, you know, I'm getting a little older here. You kind of lose your memory, and that's kind of a blessing sometimes <laughs> for these kids. <laughs> but anyway, I've got a grandson, Zachary. Uh, he's in the middle, middle school class. But anyway, he's got this shirt on that says Zach DeFore, right? Well, that's his YouTube handle. And I've discovered I made some cameo appearances in those YouTube. <laughs> that I really don't care. I've been the subject of rap songs. <laughs> And the latest one, he's 
latest one he's working on now is called The Philosophy of a Chicken. And I bought 12 chickens for them. Live live on kind of a semi-farm there. And they've got one rooster that's really mean. And so the kids call him Big Nasty. But anyway, so Zachary is in the process of, you know, like I say, making that movie, making a movie out of them. He's very creative. Making a movie out of them called The Philosophy of a Chicken. And uh, it's going to feature Big Nasty in there. <laughs> but... I've got the, I guess, dubious honor of being asked to narrate this documentary that he's making. So, so he showed me the trailer already, but he hasn't done the full movie yet. So uh, y'all be looking for Zach DeFore on YouTube because I might be famous after that. I'm adding him now. Ed, Ed, Ed. Get, Eddie, give us your best chicken voice. Huh? Give us your best chicken voice. Come on. That's awesome. We, we will, we will uh, stay tuned to that one. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Eric. Um, what's been the most difficult, challenging part of being a dad and having a, uh, a blended family? In 20 minutes or less. Yeah. Um, with the, well, being a dad is just hard on its own. Um, it's, it's not going too back, but... Um, I didn't always have the best role model growing up, so trying to be a dad when I really don't know how to be a dad, um, <laughs> it's difficult. And then adding a blended family, um, <laughs> that came with totally different challenges um, because each kid is different. And even though me and my wife, we, we have an idea of how we want to raise our kids, <laughs> sometimes they don't have that same idea um, and each each different every single way and trying to remember that was hard because you always try to raise them the same way and treat them the same way but they don't react they don't handle things the same way um, Austin's really Austin's really like okay and just kind of goes with the flow Isaiah is the one who will do what you tell him to do but he will only do what you tell him to do <laughs> if you tell him to sweep he will only sweep where you tell him to sweep. Um, and Jasmine tries to help too much. Jasmine tries to do everything. Jasmine wants to help where she can, do what she wants. And, you know, she always, if you're doing something, Jasmine is the first one to run up and, do you need help? And, no, I got it. And she will still try to find a way to help you. So trying to be able to parent all three of them at the same time is difficult, but... I don't think, if I wasn't able to handle it, I don't think God would have gave it to me, you know? I think that it's something that I'm learning still, and I'm learning more every single day about each and every one of them, especially my two boys. Um, <laughs> teenagers are mean. Just letting you all know, teenagers, it is... It is you have a license to choke them once they get 12. I, they, there are times that... <laughs> and then, of course, the boys, they're trying to That was to a joke, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> But trying to raise the boys to be men, you know, is, is harder than I thought. I, I, I'll be honest, it is. Because there are things that I know that I did when I was their age that I can sit back and laugh about. But then as an adult, I look back and I'm like, ooh, maybe that's not as funny as I thought it was, you know? So we always try to correct them and 
in the moment, we may be laughing and in tears, but we always try to come back and be like, hey, you know that we, like, we still don't want you to do that. We still don't want you to make jokes like that. We still don't want you to play in the house, okay, but outside of that, you know, let's keep this in our family. You know, some of the jokes that we make is funny, but huh, I wouldn't want that in public. <laughs> so. Well, you said something pretty profound. I mean, you know, sometimes we can only do the best that we can do. Uh, that's not an excuse, or it shouldn't be an excuse. We should always try to be getting, because I mean the same thing. My dad is still alive, and he was in my life, but I, I didn't learn certain things that I needed to learn in certain areas. And so many, so many people out here have absentee fathers. They have fathers that are not around, or they only see them every once in a while. And listen, I'm not the greatest father in the world. I'm, I'm trying to be a good poppy, though. But uh, those things do trickle down into your life, and. Your kids are watching you, and I want you, I just want to release us a little bit. If you've never had that uh, father figure in your life or that dad in your life, seek after the father. Because when you get to know this father, you know, it can, it's still not going to say it's going to make everything perfect for you, but it's also going to start filling those voids that maybe you feel like you don't, you don't have the right answers for because life happens and we got to figure it out as we go. So uh, just let's try not to make that to be an excuse and let God heal you from that too, so. And um, if you need healing, I know a place on Saturdays at 6.30. Praise the Lord. Eddie, let's go to you. What's the most challenging, difficult? And let me just tell you, I've watched this man, and I'm gonna tell you, I have watched this man bring those kids to church almost every Sunday. They might be going in 40 different, come on, y'all. Come on, come on, for real. You don't know what an impact that's had on me watching you do that. Even though they're going in 40 different directions sometimes, I mean, you're so faithful. When you lived across the street, now you live 30 minutes away. I'm not gonna tell your story, but it's just so faithful to see what he done, he, he knows that train up your children in the ways that they'll go. May not have had a perfect training of your own kids, but you are working diligently to do with your grandkids. So what's, the, what's some challenges and some difficulties in 20 minutes or less? Well, I'm glad you wasn't in the car seat on the way here with me. <laughs> I almost had to pull over and minister some uh, grandfatherly authority. <laughs> the rod of correction, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, one of, the, one of the big struggles has been for me is that I envisioned in retirement years that I'd be on some South Pacific island, you know, <laughs> sitting in a hammock, drinking a pina colada, and just watching the ocean roll in. Well, God had other plans. So when those, those kids moved in, you know, I mean, I really struggled for a long time, uh, complaining, you know, myself, wanting my way, and of course, that's another issue, you know, my way is a lot different from their parents' way. But wanting that and complaining and, and I don't know, belly aching about something. And then it was, well, it had to be from God because then I just heard this voice that say to me, didn't you give your life to me a long time ago? And then before I could even react, I heard, then why are you still trying to hold on to it? Mm. And that is really the issue. You know, God's got you in a situation and you need to just look around you and see what it is and then obey him right there. 
And once I started getting that attitude in my head, you know, things changed completely for me, not for them, but, but for me, it changed completely. My attitude changed completely about it now. And that's one of the things about taking care of them. I know that God has given me purpose in my life. And taking them to big church, uh, man, what an influence it's been on them. I have a picture that I don't know if they're going to show it or not. This picture says it all. That's my granddaughter, Charity. That's Pastor Mindy there. I love that she brings them out here, you know, during the service. And she's watching Pastor Mindy and trying to praise God right along with her. And that just says it all for me. Remember, they're watching everything that you do, good or bad. And you just said something, Eddie, just a little bit. You know, parenting, uh, parenting things are different, right? Yeah. So sometimes, yeah, take that back. Sometimes, um, you know, when you've been parenting a certain way and then your kids parent a certain way, there's a lot of struggles in that, right? Yes. No one wanted to step in. No one wanted to say something. But it's a little different when it's in your own house. Let's put it that way. You know, I don't want them. I just built this house. I don't want them being torn apart in the first year, you know. But, but really the biggest thing that I have it's the social media, the video games and stuff. We never had that growing up. And when you were home, you know, your parents knew you were safe. It's not that way anymore. Yeah. And they are so apt to let a video, a video, whatever it is they do on those things, they're so apt to let that be the babysitter. Mm. You know, because it's easy and it keeps them entertained. I want to get them outside. Get out there and make those chicken movies, whatever it is, you know. <laughs> get out there and do it. Well, when I, when I grew up, when I grew up, I mean, it was like, you know, we had an Atari, but that was like when I was like 12, but my mom used to put us out the door, shut the door, don't come back unless you're bleeding, dying, or dead, and then to have somebody tell them that you passed away. So it was one of those things you had to, you, you know, you grew up digging in the dirt. You grew up, and I think so many times that we, we, we do allow because it's easy, we allow to hand a phone. I mean, when Bubba's acting up, here, put Miss Rachel on, he'll shut up for 30 minutes. But there's nothing wrong with that, I'm not saying, but I think we do need to have more interact interaction with our kids and with our grandkids. Because let me tell you, they got a country song and I ain't singing it, but you're gonna miss it. One day when they're, when you right now, you're about to pull your hair out, what little I have, but you're gonna miss that because one day you won't have that. And it all changes so fast, so, um, it's just, you got to remember that. So I know I'm about to cry too. Don't be crying, honey. <laughs> Pastor Isaiah, tell us what it's like to have young kids at home. Yeah, so um, a big thing for me right now is um, comparison to other young families. Um, with where our family is right now, we don't have quite as much money. We aren't able to do quite as many experiences. Uh, and it's easy with social media, like you're saying, to get on and, oh, yeah. you know, you've got these families, they're doing all these vacations and the kids have all the best things. And um, it really, we have to, Emily and I have to take a moment to um, just put our perspective to what really matters. You know, it's not the money that we can have or the thing, all the things that they can have. It's um, the time that we can be together. It's um, the experience that we can have as a family. So. At this age in our, in our life, we're sacrificing more. You know, you've got time versus money. You can either work more or you could be at home more. And 
with our kids, our kids' stage of life, we've made the decision to be that's, at home more. So, um, yeah, so, and we know there will always be a day when we can work more and make more money, but uh, this time is valuable to us. Um, and another thing that we're working on right now is uh, teaching our kids how to uh, control and understand their emotions. So like you said, we have a one-year-old and a two-year-old. If you know anything about one and two-year-olds, they throw tantrums, they scream, they cry, they throw things. There's two of them now, so they're hitting each other sometimes. We do that um, when we're 57 too sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have to remind ourselves that they are learning new emotions every day and their little world is a big world to them. So. If, they, if a little thing to us happens to them, it could be a giant thing. And every day they experience these emotions that they don't know what to do with. It's hard to regulate yourself at two years old if you don't really know how to regulate yourself. So um, in the midst of them crying and fussing and being upset, we have to remind ourselves that their emotions don't have to affect our emotions. Oh, that's good. We can remain calm. We can be parental, just like Jesus. We can be relaxed and focused and guiding them and coming alongside them without having to yell and scream and reprimand. So um, that's, that's a big thing we're working on now is being able to come alongside them to show them, okay, this is what this emotion is and this is how we deal with it. You know, a lot of times we're, we're telling Ivy, uh, she might go by and smack Ezra and instead of, no, what are you doing? You can't do that. We make sure he's good and we grab her and we say, Listen, we don't hit with our hands. That's not something that we do. And we let her try it again. And for the most part, she learns, but it's not learning from being scared of us. It's learning from us coming alongside her and showing her the right way. You said something that was so profound. The, uh, we live in a social media world right now, and I mean, we think... Uh, we got to have this and that. And sometimes there's, there's a lot of filters on social media, y'all. There's a lot of things that look good on the outside, but you don't know what they're going on on the inside or what's happening behind the scenes. So uh, it really is refreshing to see a young couple not, yes, you want more money. I'm your boss. Don't we give me too much. <laughs> but it's not something that you're like, dying to have right now because I think that if you steward your children, if you raise your kids the way that they're supposed to go, man, God's going to reward you guys in about 10 years uh, uh, with the things, the vacations and the things that you want to do. So you keep doing what you're doing, brother. And I can't imagine a whole house full of redheads. <laughs> There's probably some friction going on there, right there. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa says no. Come on, is that a myth or a, the true back there? The redheads are ready? Okay, never mind. I met a couple redheads. They are pretty fiery anyway. Douglas, what's some challenges? And tell us a little bit your, about your story there, if you would. Well, I, obviously I have, have the uh, biological kids or whatever, but I, I know the area that you were looking for is more towards the, the foster side of it. So I didn't mention the ages of my older kids as far as I've got a, a 26, uh, a 23, and a 19-year-old. So we were, we were done. Yes. <laughs> Ready for grandbabies. 
So, uh, well, yeah, we're, we're not quite there. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think the kids are ready for that. But, um, so, yeah, it, it was, we were just shy of being empty nesters. Uh, I mean, Sarah, uh, at the time that we brought the kids on, Sarah was uh, a freshman in high school. Um, and, and, you know, teenagers are kind of hit and miss as it is anyway. They're, they're pretty much on their own. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was probably the biggest challenge of dialing back the clock a little bit. I mean, it's, it, to, to sit there and think that you're done and then have to, to, to start again. Um, to a lot of what's being said, just it's, it's a little bit like the blended family. Um, it's bringing people into your home where you've already have a certain flow and um, everybody kind of knows their role. Everybody has their places. You know, I've got my room. I've got my closets. Um, I've got the food that I like to eat that's there. And, and all those things are being invaded by, by bringing uh, people into your home. Um, on top of it, just uh, one of the biggest things we learned was just, uh, it, it's, you're sitting here talking about dealing with those emotions with uh, little ones. When not having those, that having that established, you're getting six, nine, and 11-year-old that are at that same emotional level. Um, that, was, that was probably one of the biggest things of learning in foster care, um, how these kids can be at different ages on the different aspects. They might be physically might be this age, but emotionally they could be this age, but then sexually they could be at another age because of things that they've been exposed to. And, and so there was just a lot of things that we weren't, again, it was a different world, things that we weren't familiar with within our upbringing of our kids. Um, the foster classes, as much as we hated having to schedule and get to them, um, were huge. And, and, and there was a lot of things that affirmed what we had been doing, uh, understanding how we were pouring into our kids' lives and um, how emotionally, um, because we had poured into them, sometimes we can deposit based on our bad behavior, right? I mean, you, in that yelling and, and doing some bad decisions as a parent, you've been depositing that love and that care, and so that, that's kind of there. These kids don't have it. They're coming to you as an empty bank. Um, and so it, it, it changed. My kids commented as far as how I changed in my parenting, and they're like, Dad, you're a lot softer than you were on us. I, I had to. I, it, it, it had to. What, what I had done, and, I, and I, I know I still fall back to that occasionally, but at least now, I recognize that and I try to make a point to go to the kids and say, hey, I flew off at the handle. Um, this is not how, you know, uh, it's, we, 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 we learned about how you can be upset, but then how do you act on that, right? As far as we, we're, we are entitled to our feelings on how, um, how we're reacting to a situation, but then we have to be careful about how we react to the, you know, to others around us, whatever. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of relearning, uh, a lot of readjusting um, was a big challenge and all that. And, you know, it had to be a big challenge for your biological kids. I mean, they had all yeah. of a sudden, they, dad was and mom were, you know, I, and I applaud you and Jen for doing this, and, but it had to be a big challenge for them to come in and say, oh my gosh, it's, what's happened? Oh my gosh, she's in my closet or he is uh, driving me crazy. So I just want to thank the family that it was a big family thing too. It wasn't just and, and yeah, that was in, in taking them on. I mean, that's at, at first I had said no. I'm like, and as as a dad, right? One of our things is to protect 
to protect. I mean, this is like, this is what we have, and I'm going to make sure that it doesn't get invaded. <laughs> it doesn't get changed. And, and, and so at first I shot it down. I'm like, you all, it, it's, it's like bringing the puppy home. It's like, it's cute. You're, you're excited about it, but then uh, you're getting crap all over your carpet. And Did you say crap? I'm sorry. Sorry, I, I said poop last week. So. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it, I had said no. And, but in the end, it had to be a family decision. I'm like, I, we, we had to sit down and say, look, this is, it's going to change everything that we know. So yeah, it, it was, it was, but I, I, I have to applaud them. Uh, my older kids have been huge in how they've accepted and embraced them. Um, we, we, it's, it's my, what do y'all say? It's like my cousin brother or whatever it is, or my cousin uh, sister. And, and so, um, yeah, I've, I've heard the kids talk to other people, and um, I, sometimes I think you all don't even in, in bring up the cousin aspect of it. It's my brother. It's my sister. Um, and that's huge, because I know that's huge for, those, for them as well to know that acceptance. But. Come on. Let's give them that. All right, we got one more question. How it's hard enough. I couldn't imagine trying to raise kids without Jesus, you know, and without being a believer, without being in church, and how important it is. I'm not just plugging for you to get here on church on Sunday, but how important it is to get your kids in here, let them be exposed to the Bible stories and train them up. But it's got to be so super hard right now trying to raise kids in this godless world right now that we live in. But how has being a believer and raising your kids in church contributed to more fulfilling life for them? What differences have you seen? Of course, I know Isaiah, yours are young, but you're already seeing that. But what, what do you see that's, uh, that's showing fruit in your kid's life is what I might say. Go, go ahead, Eric, oh. go first. Um, there are little moments, but there are times that you do have to pay attention because there are big moments that you're not expecting. Um, for example, Jasmine is my rock star, like literally. Give her a microphone, she'll sing all day. Um, she'll sing in her room, and that's something that I noticed before when I was listening to more non-Christian music, let's call it that. Um, and it really hit me one day when, especially with my boys, it hit me one day when we were in the car, and sometimes I... Sometimes I have to play, you know, my, my, my dirty South rap. I have to. I just, I got to get it out. Um, We're going to have an after call here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and sometimes I, but I play it and then I heard my boys, like, I mean, they were going in and I was like, and then Jasmine started. And when Jasmine started, I don't know what it was that hit me right then and there. And I was like, oh, I, I got to change this. Um, so now in my car, it is strictly 99% of the time Christian music and just switching that for her. I mean, we're in the car and we, we probably annoy the boys. We do. But when there's a good Christian song, we are blasting it full blast and we are singing it, belting it out as loud as we can. And she's right there with me. She'll, if I'm in the kitchen, I have my music playing. Um, she'll, pop out of her room. She'll cut everything off, pop out of her room and just come sing in the kitchen with me, you know? And 
little secret that I know, which I'm glad my kids aren't here right now, but Jasmine really has stolen my heart. Um, I wanted a daughter when I was, well, wasn't expecting a kid, but I wanted a daughter. I always wanted one. Um, and <laughs> the first year of Jasmine's life, I had a weird thing about picking up babies, and I was like, oh, she can't, you know. And Jasmine, it rubbed off on her. You know, she was like, I don't want to be around you either. Um, but now, I mean, it is such a blessing. Uh, I love my boys. I absolutely do. I love them. But Jasmine is everything. And I just, I, getting emotional even talking about her. I just, I, I love that little girl. And I think that she has not just affected, like, I haven't just affected her, but hearing her sing and hearing her, like, worship like that, and it just is like, okay, I'm doing something right, you know? And I'm like, this is just amazing. Um, and yeah, that really, that really hit home for me. And I think that's when I decided that I'm, I've got to go, I've got to keep on doing this. Yes. You know, I got to keep on digging deeper because I want her to grow up and not just, not just grow up and be successful, but I want her to know that if, if no man can make you happy, God can make you happy. And, and you, and that is what I want for her. So yeah, it's really good. How about you, how about you Doug, the raising them in a Christian home? Cause they, your kids were raised in a Christian home, but the foster kids, they, I don't know. I don't, I suppose that they weren't. And how has that contributed being having a godly household? So when I first read that question from your text, <laughs> my, my uh, youngest, or as far as Sarah, uh, had, had made some comment that was similar when I had mentioned that I was going to be up here. I'm like, oh, he's not going to ask something that tough. And then you turn around. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough one as far as being able to say. But the, the, the thing that I kept coming to was foundation. Um, and and uh, as, as somebody that I, I, I grew up uh, in church, and I know the value of that foundation. Um, so the, the, the analogy kind of I, I was even kind of thinking about as far as when, when you have that firm foundation, that, that base on which uh, to build, um, that house can be neglected for some years. But with a firm foundation, restoration is definitely possible. Yeah, so I, it, it's... So that, that's kind of what I, I kept coming back to. I, I, it was obviously an easy scripture to pick as far as, you know, uh, train, you know, train your child in the way they should go and they, and they will never depart. The other, the other thing that I kept thinking about too as far as it's, it's important for the home um, to, to have those things, but to then go to a group as a body, um, you can see how that's being reflected in other, in other individuals and, and that for, for your kids, they can see that it's not just mom and dad, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's other people that believe this way. We're in agreement and everything. And I, I, another thing that kind of kept, kept coming up as I was reflecting on this um, was this is what's lacking in society. Oh, yeah. Not being able to raise your kids in a, in a church so that they know who they are in God, mm. then who are they? And is that not the big question right now? Yes. Uh, it, it's, it's the thing that everybody's searching for to sit there. And it's like, it's in the scripture. God tells you who you are. 
there is none of this gender identity. It's a God identity. Um, He's preaching next Sunday. He don't know. Yet. That's good. And and so to me, I I I think it's reflective as, as far as as a society, we are not taking our families to church the way that we should. I mean, we can debate about all the different ways as far as how long do you dunk them and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, hold them down, make sure it's good. Make sure they know that they're being risen from the dead. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's, with, with, without that, I mean, we are rudderless. It, it's without that, you can, you can see. Um, so anyway, that's, that's why I think it's important to bring your kids to church and what the benefits are going to be. Don't, don't lose heart. If you have been raising your kids within church, challenge God on his word, right? Yeah. Sit there and believe, and, and it, it will come around. I mean, I even know within my own family right now, I've got a, a younger brother, um, and I know that's what my mom is standing on for him, um, that he will come back. Um, and so it's important. That's good. Good. You thought about that question. That was a great answer. Eddie, what do you see the difference in your grandkids since you've been bringing them to church? And I mean, other than we saw charity, but just. Yeah, yeah. well, one thing is um, they want to go to church. They want to go. Um, I'm not going to say what they're going to do tomorrow, but <laughs> right now, you know, I get no complaints out of them. They get excited about it. Charity loves dressing up and going, oh, yeah. you know, and, and they do. And I want to piggyback really on what Doug was saying, you know, about. You know, I was raised, there was nine of us kids, and my mom was really the spiritual force in that family when we were growing up. And she had us church every Sunday. We were Catholics, and she had us to church every, every Sunday. And um, by the time I got about 18, I revolted from all that, became an agnostic until life beat me down so bad that I was desperate. And I remember getting on my knees one night and saying, God, if you're there, if you really do exist, take this life because I've made a mess of it. And uh, back then, we didn't have a Celebrate Recovery that meets every Saturday night at Big Church at 630. <laughs> but anyway, you know, piggyback on what Doug was saying that, uh, she, you know, when I got that point of desperation, you know, well, I'm going to try that. Yeah, I'm going to try that. And I did. And that was in my mid-20s, so that was like, you know, ancient history. But, you know, I haven't looked back. You know, like I tell people a lot of times, you know, I gave my life to Jesus, but been a tug-of-war ever since, it seems like. But, but anyway, that's the one thing, more than anything, that I would love to see my grandkids have. And I think they got a good start at it here at Big Church. And, you know, they just loved on so much when they come here. I just love that, you know. And in my life, I saw it, and I thought, you know, it doesn't matter how successful these kids are in the world. Anything that they gain in the world, they can lose. And it can be taken away from them. And these kids are going to get hurt, just like you've been hurt. And they're going to get hurt. But if they have a faith in God, then that will get them through anything. Yeah. So that's the most important thing that we can give them. Nase, you already kind of alluded to, you know, taking Ivy and t 
through the steps of, hey, this is how we do that. And then you know, there's still some challenges. We all want Emily to sing more. I think she just went out the room. She's following our little boy in the back. She's, yeah. she's been the whole time. She's running Everybody wants Emily to sing more, but they don't understand trying to, the, the, the trouble it is to try to get two kids here at practice on Thursday. So um, what would you say, you know, is contributing you two raising them in this? Yeah, so um, after our worship practice on Thursdays, for those of you who don't know, um, Pastor Johnny comes to us and he brings a short little Devo and we meet together for 10 or 15 minutes after our practice. Um, and one thing he said the other week was something along the lines of, if you are in relationship with God and you're aligned with him, then your day-to-day and your week-to-week life will have a natural rhythm. It'll have a natural cycle. <clears throat> because we know, you know, our God is a God of peace and he's a God of joy and he's a God of love. And so if you're in relationship with him and you orient your family around that, then your life will be peaceful and joyful and have love. Um, And so, especially with the little kids, it's easy to get into a bad attitude and a specific part of a specific day when things aren't going well. But um, being a Christian and um, bringing our kids to church, even though they're too little to really understand everything that's going on, just letting them live in a lifestyle of our family to where they they have this peace, you know, there's this stuff that we, it doesn't make sense, you know, this peace that makes no sense. They, if you're around them, you can see that, you can see that they, um, that they are peaceful, they, they have joy. So, um, yeah, I think just the biggest thing for us is making the environment at our home Christ-like, and then all of the attributes of God come out in the way that we live, so. It's good just being the model, being the role models. Yes. Come on, let's give it up for all these dads here. Let's give it up for all you dads out here. Let's all, everybody standing to their feet, let's all get to our feet this morning. Again, we're here this morning. We've We've laughed and we've cried a little bit and uh, we just know that God is in the midst of this. Maybe you've gotten some good, um, maybe you've gotten some good um, vibes of what, my brain has just went dead here. Come on. This, maybe this mask is on too tight, sorry. But I just want to say this this morning as they turn the lights off and we stand as we get ready to do a normal altar call i i want to say that you know dads you are superheroes whether you feel like it or not grandpas you're superheroes whether you feel like it stepdads uh foster dads father figures you are shaping someone's life and i just want to tell you that you are superheroes to us and you're superheroes to god you may not feel like it each day maybe you feel like the villain Maybe you feel like the villain in the story sometimes, and maybe you just feel like you're not enough, or uh, maybe you feel that um, I could have done this, or I should have done that, or, but we all know that we can't live in coulda, shoulda, woulda. And if you've made, maybe you're here today and you've, you've made some mistakes with your kids, with your biological kids, maybe you've made some mistakes and you're trying to make it up with uh, your stepkids. But I just wanna let you know that God is a God, he's a redeemer. If you build on the firm foundation, if you've built something, I believe God can heal 
I believe God can restore. I believe God can do everything that he needs to do in your life. And maybe, maybe you don't have the best relationship with your own kids. God can heal that too. But then he can also give you another family that you can pour into. Today is a new day. And that's the thing about God. It says his mercies are renewed each day. Every time you wake up, it's a new day. So I'm gonna ask you this morning, I'm gonna ask all fathers, grandfathers, stepfathers, I'm gonna ask you to come up here close to me. Come on, come on. You men don't like to get out of your comfort zone. Walk up here. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna ask all future fathers to come up here too. Come on, come on crowd in there. Act like y'all like each other. And I want everyone to hold hands. I'm kidding. Guys are like, I ain't touch, I ain't holding his hand. But what I see is God ordained us to be the head of our homes. He ordained us to be the leaders of our homes. And I think sometimes we fall short in that, I know I do. But God's about to restore those things that the enemy tried to steal in your life. And again, maybe you don't have that father in your life. Maybe you don't really know how to be a dad. I'm gonna encourage you to seek the father this week. Say, God, I, I don't have it all together. My kids are going crazy and things are happening in my life. I'm gonna ask you to seek after the father this week. Say, God, I need your help. Because he's only, he's only a, an answer away. I mean, he's, he's there to answer anything that you need. So Father, right now, as we get ready to sing this song, I come to you and I speak life. Life, not death, over every man standing around this altar. God, I pray life over their families. I pray life over their homes. I pray life over their kids. I pray life over their finances. I pray life over everything. And I ask you to restore everything that the enemy has tried to steal. Because God, you said you would give it back to them tenfold. And I speak tenfold blessings over them. Father, right now, if their kids are out in this world right now, I pray that they come home. The prodigals are coming home. Those prayers that you've been praying for your kids are about to come to fruition. God, we thank you in advance for somebody walking in this door, not just to be a number at church, to be a number in heaven. Father, we thank you today. I speak healing over these men. God, so many times as men, we don't want to open up, but we don't want to tell our true feelings. But God, you see every man standing around here today and you see their hearts and you know the struggles that they may still have right now. But God, I speak healing over them right now. Father, right now, I pray over them emotional healing right now. I pray mental healing right now. I pray right now that they would let go of the past and look, for, embrace the future in you, Jesus. Father, we come to you and I thank you for each man around this altar. And whatever they may need and whatever they bring, God, I ask you to be with them, to comfort them, to guide them, to be that father.
to them that they need in their lives. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon. Thank you.